Does everybody know what time it is? It's 4-4 time and approximately 160 beats per minute. That's right, it's grunt work. Filming a segment for the TV screen by Mark for Tool Time, eager to be seen. When they all see it, everyone is super mean. So he goes back for a new edit, and Tim's like, hold up. Maybe I was trying to control you without direction. Now let me show you more what I want you to do so you can do a do-over. That doesn't rhyme. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> do, do-over. Uh, there you go. What then proceeds is cringy like Dan Aykroyd. So cringe it destroyed. Any shred of redemption. Just cringe as hell without exception. Tim's on parole. Next defense detention. Podcast turned all the way up because it's grunt work. The only podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that knows that Grease is the word, and that's why we never say it. Mm. <laughs> I yeah, am Landon. True. Gracie's a dick. Solano, <laughs> joined always by my co-host Truman. Claire is a dick. Caps. <laughs> Truman, it's good to see you. I'm front-loading this episode with a few spicy opinions. I I, I was thinking, like, we're, we can basically go home now. I mean, not only you synopsized <laughs> the episode, you kind of... Delivered what the main theme of the episode is going to be. Like, folks, turn off the podcast. Uh, you, you I, I got did it. it. I did it all in one. All right, we've gotten so efficient. It's it's been it's been long enough. Um, <laughs> are you just so excited for the new Paramount Plus series, Grease: Rise of the Pink Ladies? Um, is that a thing? Oh yeah, that's that's a thing. We're gonna find out some very crucial information to appreciate Grease. We're gonna find out how the Pink Ladies oh, wow. rose. Yeah. I did, not, I, I did not know that. I don't oh, wow. know what my excitement level is at this moment, but by the time this episode comes out, I might because yeah. um, my mom is coming to town for Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. And is she Gre- is she driving here in a flying hot rod? She is, yes. Uh, I, I borrowed it from Elon Musk. Uh, <laughs> I her One of her favorite movies is Grease, and it happens to be showing on Mother's Day uh, at the oh, theater here. Man. So I think I'm going to take her... I, in this moment that we're recording, I think I'm going to take her to go see it. At this moment that people are listening to us, I either did or did not take her to go see it. I, let me tell you, that is the most kind of 1950s thing in the world. Like, hey, my ma's in town. I'm going to take her to the movies, see her favorite picture show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she comes in, she's got like a, a head scarf on, and you you escort her your arm through hers into the theater, you know, buy, buy popcorn and everything. Uh, that's that's great. So this is kind of, this sort of, did this whet your appetite for Grease, or did it um, oh. did, did it make your appetite, like, did it fill you up on Grease, or, or I, show you a disgusting food item that made you not want any Grease? I, I'm going to do a Patton and Landon Solano foreshadowing it, and, and uh, put a pin in that. I want to earmark okay. it for just a second, because it's going to play into my personal reflections. Okay. Um, but, one, to just say, uh, we, we've had a few calls for an update on... Home Improvement Corner. Oh, yes, of course. Now, uh, now, that's the corner about your home specifically, not about yes. the show, just for the new Correct. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Great. Uh, who, 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 who are these calls coming from? Were they coming from inside the house, perhaps? <laughs> inside the Discord, maybe? <laughs> okay, um, okay. The, now, we took such a big break between when our site got disrupted <laughs> that I don't remember all of the home projects that I've done in those 
times. Yeah. Uh, uh, during that period, but uh, just two days ago, um, I finished a project here that, uh, I mean, it's it's very similar to stuff I've been working. It's actually a an update on an old news item that I've brought up before, which was a leaky sink. Oh, okay. Now, are you going to reveal this to us by way of an elaborate lip dub music video? <laughs> Get ready. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I hope you like. Aha. <laughs> I'm I'm li- I'm sorry. I'm listening. I do like. Oh, uh-huh. I, I was waiting. I was waiting for my music cue. Okay. Um, yeah. And a five and a six and. Oh man, I wish jazz hands had sounds that you can hear what I'm doing right now. Um. Okay. I had a leaky sink and uh, I needed to replace the faucet and the supply lines because uh, it was the the cold supply line was corroded and dripping. So mm-hmm. I had to turn the water off at the shutoff valve. And the release valve until I can get a new faucet and then replace the faucet. Yes. Okay. So my mom is coming into town. As I said, <laughs> if she's going to be staying in my guest room slash office, I needed to have the sink in there fixed for her. So it yeah. kind of sparked me to, to get it, get her done. This is, as, this is, this is a son <laughs> as a philosopher uh, said. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is a son's act of love for his mother, making sure she has the best available faucet. Yeah. Uh, so I went and bought a faucet that matches better than the 20-year-old chrome-plated bullshit that they, you know, put in, the cheap stuff that they put yeah, in when yeah. the place was built. Fuck that faucet. <laughs> uh, but I, I ran into a couple of issues. Uh, mm-hmm. One, when I installed the faucet in my kitchen sink, the faucet came with supply lines. Yeah. Um, did not realize that this one, I'd have to buy separate supply lines. So... Now the supply okay, line is, I, the, gonna, is the pipe that that takes the water to the faucet, right? Am I guessing it's, that correctly? It's, a, it's more of a hose, but yes, mm-hmm. you're correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it goes from from the basically the pipe in the wall yes. uh, up to the faucet. There's a hot and a cold one. Both have wow. their individual shutoffs. Wow. Uh, or, or release valves. You can mine are are pull. You, mm-hmm. you just pop them in and pop them out. Some of them you twist with an actual valve. I, my and I'm gonna I'm gonna truncate the story by saying, I, this sink, this faucet gave me so much trouble mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, I, at this point, I feel like I know every single little thing that is in uh, not in terms of process, but in terms of like um, tools and and pieces of a sink. I yeah. I can name you every single aspect of it at this point and how it works so i feel like through doing home improvement i am becoming i i'm not going to say an expert but i am becoming much more knowledgeable than i was uh as a mere renter well I, how many how many injuries have you sustained in this time because uh-huh. you were yeah you are you are a suit you are taking on tim's knowledge yes but you need to take on his battle scars as well to be a true tool man well i i have one and yeah. it actually I didn't tell you about this, and which is you're segueing me perfectly into what I would like to see from Tool Time, okay. which is uh, how gore. to deal, <laughs> how to deal with injuries, uh, ways to prevent injuries. I think you know they it do safety. <laughs> I, I mean, like you know, we had an injury. We ha- how do you deal with an injury? You just decide to not give a shit about it, and then right. find out that everything's fine. 
And and then we identified that they could have prevented the uh, injury by having a PA from Tool Time wait at the top of the stairs to stop people from falling down. So I hope you had. I hope you had. I didn't have any of that. What landed? And I didn't on, have man. anyone paying for it by filming it, which is and, fucking annoying. Well, you shouldn't be surprised that you sustained whatever terrible injury you're about to make me cringe with. <laughs> you, you might you might curl up a little bit. You might feel it in your balls, but. Uh, <sighs> Okay, I, I so I continue to have problems with the the drippy supply lines, and yeah. that's a whole other thing. Uh, but the thing that gave me the most frustration was I was switching from a sink that has one of the uh, like plugs on the back of the faucet that you pull up, and it yeah it, you know does that to yeah, just for the a, stopper yeah yeah to do just a a push pop. Uh, stopper in the the drain, so you, uh, you know, not a not a lollipop. I'm imagining, but like a thing that you physically put into the into the. Well, the it's just drain. It, it's just a drain. It's I mean, it looks exactly the same. It's just you push the top of it and it locks it, or you push the top of it and it unlocks it. There's oh, no okay. like there's no thing on the back of the faucet to control it. Yeah, uh, and it makes it a lot easier if you have a clog to just remove that part and get your snake down there and pull out the clog or you know, whatever you need to do and put it back. So and this one's this one's called pop and lock or push and lock. <laughs> it's just called a pop up drain. A pop up drain. Well, but it locks yeah. into place. They're missing a branding opportunity here to call it a pop and lock sink. <laughs> I would buy one You you say a missing opportunity. See I see uh, I see um an opportunity for you to get into a new industry. Dancing or making sinks or making jokes about <laughs> dancing sinks. Which which I didn't plumbing see the marketing. economic opportunity. In 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 wait, in what marketing? Plumbing marketing. Oh yeah, I could be I could be the tool man's ad man is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well okay, but um, so did you did you get it installed though? Did it, oh wait, no, actually no, I don't even care about did you get it installed. Tell me about the injury. The injury. Okay, so to remove the drain that was there, there's basically the flange. The flange is the thing that you see when you look in the sink. The mm-hmm. you know, it's it's I see Pennywise cement, you know, when it, I look in the it, sink. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's a piece that that goes into the sink and then is secured on there by a nut underneath the ceramic part of the sink mm-hmm. and it keeps it secure in there with some some plumber's putty. Uh but that part screws into the pipe that feeds into the P-trap that goes into the, the drain uh, where it goes into the sewer, basically. This would be easier to, to follow if we could shrink down to four inches tall and just jump <laughs> down would, there ourselves. I, I, four inches tall would still never want to go into a P-trap. I'd rather go into an engine block. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's really it's your you know choo- choose how you want to die horribly i would still pick fire and pistons uh okay right. okay so you got this, your the story's taken way too long yeah uh the so because this drain had never been replaced since the place was built and i had the hardest water because i'd never had a uh this place never had a water softener mm-hmm. it basically the mineralization that happened basically cemented the flange into the pipe so there was no way to remove the drain basically from the sink because it was it was stuck underneath you know not being able to slide through top wise yeah and clearly the drain is too big to pull you know through the bottom so there was just no way to get this thing out and i was just doing everything i could doing lime away and baking soda and vinegar and i almost went and bought witch hazel <laughs> like anything to to loosen this pipe so that i can unscrew it and install the new drain yeah and in doing so uh 
it was a you know a, a chrome pipe and i ended up getting a centimeter uh metal splinter in my <gasps> hand <laughs> oh god oh i didn't even know metal did splinters <laughs> yeah yeah well uh, when you're when you're turning and like fucking up thread and stuff like that threading pipe threading and stuff oof. uh yeah that starts to shred after a little oh, while oh, no. and when you're when you're pissed off and you're yelling at it why aren't you just doing the thing you're designed to do you don't really think about oh i bet metal splintering and going into my hand while i'm doing this <laughs> yeah you know i hate to say it landon you adequately predicted where in my body i would feel this uh this story uh, welcome to uh, Landon Makes Truman Have Odd Sensations Theater. Uh, so, okay, so what did you what did you do? Like, you didn't have Tim Taylor's guidance on how to fix yeah. a metal splinter in a hand. How did how did you deal with it? What was your battlefield medicine? I, I mean, I cleaned it for one thing. I didn't want it to get infected, especially with smart with pipe, you know, metal. Uh, yeah. So, but I <laughs> get ready, hold your balls. Oh no! Uh, D- okay, don't don't tell me. I'm sorry. Don't tell me when to do that. I will make my own decision. <laughs> All right. You can't see me to when we're you. recording this. Okay. Just trying to, trying to prep you. Yeah. Uh, I I I just basically manned it up uh, to use a term I don't like and use I just use some tweezers and hot water <laughs> and just just <sighs> kind of pinched and turned and pulled until oh. it came out. Oh, just welcome to grunt work, we, ladies we, we've and gentlemen. Lost- <laughs> We've lost Truman. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, this is the first time you've lost me as a listener. I'm, I've probably <laughs> stopped editing the podcast at this time. This is where we end. Um, oh man, I, I'm, I'm sorry that that happened. I'm glad that you're okay. Would you think that Tim's solution to that would just be like use a, use a potato to get it out or something? <laughs> well, no, I. So I, first of all, okay. What here's something that happened to me in that process that I think is applicable to our show, which is I became, I felt challenged by this thing. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be undone by a fucking inanimate pipe. Yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna relinquish. You're gonna just turn. Eventually I am going to overcome you. I mean, the alpha male in me, my, my lizard brain like kicked in and I'm not used to that. I felt Mm -hmm. weird by it. (laughs) I mean, best that your alpha male lizard brain kicks in when it's just you alone dealing with an inanimate object. Like, (laughs) if it's going to have to happen, have it happen where the only one who gets hurt is you. Yeah. Well, and so I I felt defeated. Once I got the splinter, I'm like, this motherfucker. And I went and did, you know, the triage on myself and let it be for the night. I'm like, Mom, you're just going to have to use the downstairs bathroom. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, that that alpha male lizard brain part of me is like i can't let this thing get the better of me i can't let it win so i did the next best thing which was i got a hacksaw and just cut the pipe in half oh gee, wait like because you knew you were gonna get rid of the pipe anyway that you were just like, yeah, Fuck yeah. It, i'm gonna destroy you yeah you you cut me i cut you uh landon it's frightening hearing this story and realizing how much our psyches align and how like how much of my time i spend being white hot furious at inanimate objects the difference is that i just grouse and really grip my teeth really hard and pout and then uh and if i'm challenged by something i will my sense of victory be you know what 
fuck you. I'm not going to waste any more of my precious time on this. I'm going to get someone else to do it. Fuck off now. <laughs> and yours is like, I'm going to beat this thing. Like, yours is the productive one. Mine is the, is the you know, whiny little dilettante one. And I don't, I don't like it. I, I don't think so, though. I don't, because mine potentially leads to masculinity problems. And that's yeah. why we have an entire show that we're doing. Yours is like, I'm going to call someone who does this for a living. Yes, and if and if people on the show that we are doing this about did that, we would not have a podcast at all because there would be no show. <laughs> exactly. I, I guess, exactly. I, yeah. Uh, well, man, I'm I'm sorry about your hand. I hope you're rocking a sick bandage, and um, <laughs> and I hope it's, I hope yeah, it's fine. It's clean. I mean, it's just a little sore, but there's no infection. Everything is is good. But I would love to see I would love to see like something on on Tool Time about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. It's kind of. Again, it's kind of weird. We've had Penn and Teller and multiple astronauts, so many astronauts, <laughs> and and Tim's entire thing is getting hurt. And and we've had yeah. we've had like we've had three different tool time segments about cooking, but we haven't had any about <laughs> hey, I get hurt all the time. Let me tell you about how to right. help yourself out when you get hurt. Let me let me bring in my doctor who has dealt with every injury we've encountered here on this show and tell us how he treated it. There have been, there have been like three different at this point dance sequences, song and dance numbers on Tool Time, <laughs> but nothing about how to heal a workplace injury. Oh God, Truman! I guess you're right. We should get back to the episode. Uh, today was one of those days. Yes, that we um, had that. Do you want to give us a little synopsis of what happened? Yes, I do. I do. Um. It's not going to be a poem, and you know what? It's going to leave some of it to the imagination because I feel like we're going to discuss it at length anyway. Okay. At long last, Tim has finally finished his hot rod. To give the car a proper tool-time debut, Tim hires Mark to make a tribute video to the hot rod featuring interviews with everyone who helped build it. When Mark's avant-garde video gets a poor reception from the family, he and Tim work together to make a new video that's certain to get a 100% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Did you say nude video? I said new video. I mean, I'm sure that a nude video would probably uh, also get the youths involved, which is kind of what uh, Tim's intention with this video is. Um, so many questions. So many questions. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to start with this question. Truman, yeah. do you want to guess that title? Yes, I do want to guess that title. And as I look at my titles, I'm going to amend my synopsis. The th the video that they make is basically an extended lip-syncing sequence, like singing and dancing to the song Greased Lightning from Greece. Uh, so it's just, that's, so we're talking about Greece a lot this week, folks. Strap in and get ready. And the titles might reflect that. Um, okay. So first title option, Grease and Desist. <laughs> uh i mean i think it's applicable because yeah, i want i, that's, I want it's, that it's what it's what we were sort of asking for um second cars on film hmm yeah. is it a little duran duran action yeah a little bit just a just a skosh of the duran uh and lastly, video killed the Tool Time star. Um, <laughs> I realize that for for an, an episode that hinges on a musical about the 50s made in the 70s, I have two titles that are pretty locked in the 80s, and I don't think I could have missed the target any harder. Well, I, I disagree, because I feel like in the 80s, the people that grew up in the 50s were hitting pop culture with the 50s pretty hard. 
Okay, okay. I guess that makes me feel better. Was I it... mean, what what other excuse is there that I grew up knowing the song Earth Angel? Oh, God, yeah, we really... Yeah, it, Earth Earth Angel, and I feel like uh, it. I Shaboom. feel like, yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. So many, so many like doo-wop fifties hits. Yeah, <laughs> well, Happy Together is the sixties. Yeah, sixties. Yeah, Blue Moon. <sighs> okay. Um, so was it those titles? It was, was it all of them? <laughs> the last one is fucking gold in my opinion. But oh, thank you, Landon. Uh, and and pulling back the curtain, I think this is the first time in the six years we've been doing this. Uh, and by the way, happy anniversary! Oh, uh, wait, is, is today? Happened, no, not we, today, but it happened recently. We didn't acknowledge it, but oh uh, man, yeah. Well, you know, we, we're gonna get dinner or something. When you've been together this long, it's just not really that big a deal anymore. In <laughs> uh, the the first time in six years we've been doing this, I accidentally let the title slip <laughs> before we recorded. <laughs> it was awesome. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you t- we're, we we got our eyes on the, on the door. We know it's like ah, it's at the end. We're fine. Who cares? There's no chalupas on the line now. Yeah, but you also had your titles already written before I did that, and you know, no no harm, no fall. So you know, and and folks, the hosts of other home improvement podcasts would do something like that and not tell you. But here at Gruntwork, we believe in transparency. We believe every morsel, every little tiny granular thing on the plate is content for you. It, yes, yes. You know what? If the whether episode, it's nutritious, no, no. We've just gotta, we've just gotta fill it. We've just gotta fill that time. <laughs> Uh, truly so, the most American uh, home improvement podcast there is. I mean, it, this is the cracker barrel of home improvement podcasts. You'll get a lot. It won't be great, but, but uh, you know, that's what you pay for. So I'm also taking my mom to Cracker Barrel for Mother's Day. <laughs> that's a little bit less of a 50s cliche right there. Uh, this episode is called Mark's Big Break. It aired February 9th, 1999, directed by Jeffrey Nelson. He's back again, and I think he's going to be our most prolific uh, director this season. Um, wow. I know that we've been kind of stop and go, so uh, just to bring that back into focus. It was written by uh, Tracy Gamble, who we mm-hmm. have mentioned also before as a writer. Truman, oh, how did yeah. you... Before I ask how you felt about this episode, I just... This isn't a personal reflection, just a comment I need to make immediately, which is I have been waiting six years for you to watch this episode. I, I, you, you texted me that before I saw the episode and I thought, I thought like, oh man, this, this puts, this puts pressure on. And as the episode started and got underway, I was like this, I'm not sure what's coming. Like, like this seems like a pretty bog standard episode thus far it's like the one where where mark makes a horror movie forgive me i've forgotten the name i a night to dismember there you uh, go. that one like from the get-go you can kind of tell okay there there's there's something there's something big coming along but this one it's yeah. it's a little out of out of nowhere um i look so the i i want to say about this episode that we use the term cringe, and I admit that I did cringe watching uh, what comes at the end of this episode. But I also want to interrogate our own application of the term, and and like, okay, because I don't want to like, I don't. It looks like they were having fun shooting this, or at least some of them I, were having fun. Most there of them seemed like they were having fun, except for one person who it's painfully obvious in the the outtakes. <laughs> Uh, Landon, it's uh, it's it's great. It's great to just be synced up and mind melding about this. I just don't want like because I, I think that I think that this 
culture of talking about things as cringe and seeing something corny and laughing at it. It's both fun and I enjoy it and we're going to do it, but I also don't want to contribute to a culture <laughs> of like anytime somebody does something outlandish or fun or creative that it's just fodder for jokes and fodder for taking pot shots at because this is ambitious yeah. that they did this. This is a good yes. bi- this is a good bit of fun and it would have been a lot more fun had there been total commitment from from certain players involved that and, that is a, a a fair point and i will say the reason i've been waiting six years for you to watch this is because it is one of the few lingering memories i have of the show from 25 years ago wow like there there were episodes in, you know that we've talked about over the course of doing this show that i've pulled out but like from season seven on, it's kind of been a little bit of a blur. Mm-hmm. This and a, one or two moments of the finale are like the last flavors of home improvement that I remembered. And, and, and not a great aftertaste then. <laughs> well, I very earthy. Uh, it's lingers okay, on it, the palate. I guess I'll get into my reflections here, which is yes. like it, to your your point about cringe. Like I remember it at the time. You know, ha- not having developed taste in life yet. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had, being... you had taste for G.I. Joes and Ninja Turtles. Yeah, so just what whatever was marketed to me. Uh, this was... Um, I, I, I had great memories of this episode, and I yeah. didn't know how it would age. Mm-hmm. Watching it now, and I again, I've been waiting... <laughs> Six years to watch. This is not like I skipped ahead to to see, but uh, I I kind of fall in a weird middle ground where like I didn't have nostalgia for Dan Aykroyd dancing during Soul Man. That was just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. painfully cringe. <laughs> this is endearingly cringy. Yes, yes. There's it, it's it's where it's where you're cringing because of your your affection for those involved and not and rather than. Rather than like you, you feeling that the person doing this is is uh, a cringeworthy person. It's like, oh, you're not normally it's, like this. Why are you doing this? It's like, uh, if you were to go see a coworker in a community play. Ooh, I don't have. I don't think I've ever <laughs> had a coworker I've I've liked that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, it's like good for you. You're getting out there. You're doing something creative. You're taking yeah. a big swing. And I can't fault you for for doing that. At the same time, it's like, y- you know, you're you're Daryl from IT, and you're doing Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's a little, you know, the it doesn't align exactly. I mean, but you know, better better them doing Shakespeare than them doing like some avant garde thing they wrote themselves. That's you know, <laughs> th- th- it's better that than them doing the room, their own version. Well, I don't know. I I might pay for that. Well, so but now your your memories though they're only of the song and dance at the end. They're not. I take it you didn't have twenty five year lingering memories of the setup of this episode, or uh, did you? Yeah, no, I didn't. Not really. Um, I mean, they were ghosts of memories and probably played a little bit into some of the other stuff that Mark has done with video uh, in a couple other episodes. Yeah, you know, I knew I knew that this. I knew the setup was Mark directs a music video of Greece for Tool Time. Yeah. Uh, I didn't remember, like, he did a failed setup once. I didn't remember, you know, like, as we'll get into in the deep dive, uh, I didn't remember, um, I didn't remember the twins. Like, I, I yeah. virtually have no memory of 
Marty and the twins. I mean, Marty, yes. The twins, no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I kind of had... I. I don't know. I, I kind of had I had no memory of the twins either, and was surprised when they when they showed up again. Much much like the twins in The Shining, they show up at unexpected times, and it's a little bit of a shock <laughs> when you see them. Um, Come play with us, Danny, but not like that. Come on, <laughs> you're dumb. Quit being an idiot. You stupid <laughs> asshole. That's not how you play. Uh, well, look. Do, do you want to get into this? Do we want to do want to give the people yeah. what they want? Let's go together, like Ramalama Kadinga the Dinga Dong. <laughs> Remembered forever, uh, shoe bop, sha, wada wada, yippee, yippity boom de boom, chang chang, changity chang shabop. That's the way it should be. Wow, yeah, in the deep dive. That that they're doing that song when you go to see Greece and you lean over to your mom and you're like, I, actually, I, uh, I I I used this on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it's, it took a long time to look up all the individual words, but I think it was a really big hit. I mean, it, it was it, it, uh, it was it was fast to look them up. It's slow to know how to pronounce them, and even slower to forget them. Now, this is you've you've added a new karaoke superpower. <laughs> so we start right. out. We start out at home at the Taylor residence. The Grunt Creep is filling up a thermos, and uh, Marty is uh, off to fix some potholes while Jill babysits his two daughters, uh, who kind of look alike, and they have a hard time telling them apart. Because they're twins. That's right. They're yep, they're twins. Uh, one of them is named one of them is named Grace. One of them is named Claire. And there's a whole lot of like. Jill saying a thing. Oh, but but Claire, it's mean to say that about your sister. I'm Grace. And look, honestly though, I thought this scene was kind of cute and funny. They're making Valentine's cards, and there's just a lot of. Um, I I think the twins performed better in this than I've seen them perform before, and they deliver some some kind of quippy little lines. Yeah. <laughs> I I I'm super cold on the twins. I I just they are. Just not charismatic to me. And it's, again, I'm not putting it on them. It's it's kind of how they're written. Like, they're I just mean, they, like 90s kids are like, I don't know. It, it It's obviously adults writing for how they think snarky kids are growing up. And it just comes off as like, you're just being a privileged little fucker. Quit, quit talking. Like, I, I mean, I realize how old I sound when I say this, but I'm like, there's talking back, and then there's just, like, being an asshole. And they're just being assholes most of the time. I mean, listen, it is weird to have, like, a, a trio uh, of, like, four-year-old mean girls doing commentary on this episode. <laughs> that is that is a thing. I would hesitate to call Marty's daughters privileged, given that their father is out of work and they're well, technically yes. homeless. Uh, that's you know they're they're going through some shit. Maybe that influences their meanness. But uh, you know, yeah, they're fair. Fair. And, and is that also because we you know they they are very critical of the initial video that uh, Mark makes, which uh, I think Landon and I probably have some sharply different opinions about. So maybe we are just a couple of mean dudes on the internet putting down women for their opinions about pop culture, and I don't want to oh, do that. All right. Yeah, you're, you're fair point. Okay, I I gotta check myself. Yes. Still, I can't I can't deny my gut reaction which is fuck these twins i mean listen they are they are they're not super nice in this episode but again that's on the writing uh oh really truman they're not nice oh dude dude that's okay i mean (laughs) wow 
um, I'm sorry. We gotta we gotta stop the podcast for a second. So, uh, I'm getting I'm getting huge flashbacks to uh, to uh, elementary school and being bullied by girls exactly like like them. Uh, sorry. So a- anyway, dabbing away tears. Um, do, I mean, do you have do you have any any recollections about this, or do you want to just move away from the uh, away from this uh, tragic moment? Well. I mean, just in terms of plot, uh, Tim comes in at one point. Oh, is right. this a uh, is this a scene, or is it the next one that he mentions that he's uh, finishing up the hot rod? Oh no! You know what? Actually, that's a very key point that I that I overlooked in my in my rundown. Yes, he he comes in and he's got a custom shifter knob arriving on Sunday, which once he applies it to the hot rod, it will finally be fully complete. Yes, uh, which is completely contradictory to what we see later in the episode, but we'll, we'll get there in due time. I have uh, you, so many questions about the musical number. <laughs> you, you know, the thing the thing about the musical number, to just, to just foreshadow, is that I don't even remember the hot rod in it. Like, the whole thing is intended to introduce <laughs> the hot rod. I... I it, it may as well have been a just featureless black round stage that they were all standing on. It, it made no impression on me whatsoever. I was very right, distracted. Okay. okay. Very cool. Um, yes, but that is, yeah, that is the, and also they make such a big deal out of, he's finished the hot rod. He's finally finished the hot rod. And it's just, again, it's cheapened by the fact that we watched this dude finish a hot rod a couple years ago. <laughs> Yeah, he's already yeah. finished. He's already finished working on more hot rods than almost any other sitcom character I can think of. Frasier zero hot rods. Uh, Sam think, and Diane I think no Dan, hot rods. I think Dan Connor was working on a motorcycle uh, in Roseanne in, in one okay. season. It, did he? But did he finish it? I think he did. Yeah, I, I okay. seem to remember. I seem to remember like that was a point when they made up after a fight and. They're like, get on my, get on my hog, baby, or something like that. Mm. I can't remember exactly. Hello. But. Uh, well, that, that does. I mean, I guess you know what. I guess that that points to there's a there's a certain uh, there is a certain tier of TV sitcom about about a certain uh, level of America where the people are working on hot rods. Your elitist your elitist uh, sitcoms they take the bus or they have chauffeured cars, but you're kind of like. Working class family sitcoms; those are the ones where uh, a car gets restored over the course of a season. The point is, are you, are you saying this is a working class sitcom? I'm I'm saying that Roseanne is, and I guess I'm lumping Home Improvement in with it mainly because of uh, where Tim Allen ended up politically later in life. In terms uh, of character, or in terms of audience? I mean, in terms of audience, ter- audience, I might believe you. Yes, in terms of audience, certainly the character; these are all very upper middle class to wealthy. Yeah people as evidenced by the fact that they can secure the rights to a song from Greece and then film a <laughs> huge music video all of it directed by a 14 year old oh my god okay yeah okay 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 getting okay. ahead of ourselves okay yes Next this scene. is no one will remember the lead up to the uh, to the end of this podcast either <laughs> uh so it's valent so yeah uh, they're back. They're still making the Valentines with the girls after the commercial or after the opening credits, for that matter. And uh, Tim has just completely disregarded the concept of Valentine's Day. He is on. He's talking about you know what he's going to do for the big day, which is the reveal of the hot rod, of course. Uh, and is trying to come up with an idea for uh, how to introduce it to the Tool Time audience. And then uh, Brad and Mark come in, getting ready to go to school, and Tim winds up asking Mark uh, to 
Well, Mark recommends that Tim make some kind of video tribute to the Hot Rod and the people who mm-hmm. uh, the people who worked on it and all the work that went into it. And Tim thinks it's a good idea, and he asks Mark to make the video. And Mark is uh, very excited. And the uh, guidelines that Tim gives Mark are my show, my show, and my show. And then uh, Mark runs off to make his video. I think he goes to school, and then he. <laughs> To take well, his okay. Test and then he uh, then he goes to make the video, but yeah. Yes, he he goes off to yeah he goes off to school. the the pro the project begins in his mind. He's making his shot list. Okay, fair point. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't also have very many notes for this. I mean, I do like okay. So when when Tim the whole joke of the scene, uh, the twins are gone. You said they were still here, but they're gone. Oh, they're um, gone. They've disappeared. Yeah. Jill's kind of cleaning up after them, and uh, she says, do you have any ideas for the the big day? Tim's like, well, I've been thinking about it. Uh, what do you think? And Jill's like, well, uh, we can go to Sorrentino's. We can um, – Only restaurants. You know, but I like that they keep calling it back. It's not yeah. like they're – you know, I guess we, we've really lost track of Stan's Polish food. Yeah, I know. I mean, I feel like the Polish food is is a Tim solo event, uh, whereas whereas Sorrentino's <laughs> is when they have to when they have to impress someone. Oh man! Uh, if I were a bigger Star Wars nerd, I would do some sort of Job of the Hut language. Tim Solo, but <laughs> I, I'm not, and that sounded stupid. So I, I mean, I let's mean, continue. Honest, I, Sorrentino <laughs> sounds like the name of a planet in Star Wars, so the. the <laughs> You know, all, all of it kind of fits together. Um, well, yeah, but but she, I, what I like is that she starts talking about all these sweet ideas, and then halfway through, she just stops and says, wait, you're talking about the hot rod, aren't you? <laughs> and so at least she's not allowing herself to be uh, to believe in Tim anymore. Yeah, yeah. Step in and the right Tim direction. is like, uh, Brad and Mark are trying to get out the door to go to school. Brad's still on crutches. I thought that was an interesting uh, yeah. continuity. Like, I guess... Yeah. I hadn't considered last week when it happened. I'm like, well, they can't just write this off between one episode and the next. Something has to has to happen. Um, but I hadn't considered it. So seeing him on crutches here, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, uh, they're going to continue that joke. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly, I guess one of my big problems with last week's episode is that it seemed like it wasn't going to have any long term impact. And look, if if one of your characters is going to be on crutches for a while, I mean, great. Actually, that makes me reevaluate last uh, last week uh, more more favorably. Yeah, yeah. But there so he Brad and Mark are trying to get out to go to school and uh <laughs> Mark's like uh or Tim's like oh, hold up, I got to ask you, you know, what do you what do you think uh you know, I should do for the the reveal and they're like I got to get to school. I got a, a t- test and he's like well, <laughs> this is more important. Or I can't remember what the exact line was, but Tim's like Fuck yeah, but, yeah, this yeah, is exactly. important stuff we're talking about here. Yeah, this actually matters. Yeah. Um I don't know, so just kind of like levity at which it's the kind of like level of self awareness that I I like when the show does and makes Tim's kind of point of view palatable to me. Where yeah. it's like <laughs> clearly school's more important than anything, but the fact that they're acknowledging that he thinks tool time is more important is the joke that is funny to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and like speaking of of the boys and Tool Time's importance in their lives, the, he also lets slip in this scene that Mark has been interning at Tool Time for a while. Yeah, which is awesome. Would have been a cool episode. Would, when would, the I fuck? Mean, I get this is kind of that episode, but I want one oh, of him man. like German. getting the job. I just realized every time a piece of information is going to be dropped between here and the end of the series, I'm going to be railing on that Home Alone episode. Like. <laughs> 
we fucking watched Tim shoot a pencil like a rocket ship, and we could have been watching Mark interning at Tool Time. Okay, you know what? Fair, fair. I'm I'm probably going to like that episode less as I see the opportunity cost of it with each remaining episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it would. I feel like a Mark getting the internship at Tool Time episode would be such a fun way to introduce. Uh, the, I don't know. There's a lot of fun jokes about just like what kind of bonkers operation actually runs this show <laughs> yes, day by day. Yes. There's that one a couple seasons ago where like Drew Carey is the guest and they're trying to like oh make God, the show yeah. look good for the Swedish buyers. Like that was really uh-huh. fun seeing seeing yeah. behind the scenes and all the wackos who make it. I wanted I want more of that with with Mark yeah. involved. Yeah, ag- agreed. I, that would have been a really interesting perspective because Mark could bring his ideas and like an actual you know, perspective on how a film set is run from everything mm-hmm. he's learning and, and new techniques and try to bring it to tool time and it being a disruption to Tim's <laughs> way of producing. Like that's a good episode. They, they, they let him, they're letting him like work the, the audience and like kind of get them seated and everything. And they come out for the episode and you know, does everybody know what time it is? And the audience is all wearing goth clothes and makeup. And they'll just go <laughs> tool it's all time. Just Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> does everybody know what tool time it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh that that is what's been taken from us guys. We we've been robbed. We could have had a proper <laughs> TV show here. Oh damn it. Uh, and I, oh man, Mark and his band could do the Tool Time theme song. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, just just kind of a grungy jammed out. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh man, I I I want. We already got the jazz version, the the sneaking around spy movie burglar version of the Tool Time theme. <laughs> Why can't we get the Mark's Band grunge version? I've been I've been getting back into metal, and uh, I would love Ooh. to hear a metal version of a Tool Time song. I mean, I mean, look, Landon, the the power is within you. We know that you we know that you can sing. We know that you can dance. Um, and you know, dancing is a huge part of metal music. <laughs> there's, there's no singing in the song, though. Well, I mean, you got you got to write some some hardcore lyrics. Bust you didn't out some, like my some lyrics. Well, I I know you got to bust out some better lyrics, you acted, man. Make it work. When I gave you my lyrics, you acted like a real Gracie. Okay. I mean, listen, if there's one thing I've learned, the one acceptable place to be a mean girl in society is when judging someone else's singing. Uh, Mark, also in this scene, wearing a badass pea coat. I like it a lot. I like the color of it. I like the cut. It's preppy as hell. I know I just made a joke about him being a goth, but I think he's turned away from that. And now, just maybe like like me a little bit, uh, just wears lots and lots of dark colors uh, that are not necessarily black, but come pretty close to it. Are you suggesting you have an inner goth that you need to let out? I'm suggesting that I have some degree of depression that I am expressing <laughs> through clothing choices. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to you with updates from my therapist on that. Uh, right. so, Do you have anything else for that scene? Yes. When Tim has okay. given Mark this assignment, uh, uh, he, you know, and, and Mark is heading off, he says, I just want the video up to tool times high standards, okay? And Mark goes, okay, I'll blow something up. And I thought that was very funny. That was a, that was well, a good... And Tim's reaction, too, was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, it, which is a sweet little interaction between them that I like. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Uh, cool. But they go off to school, and mm-hmm. the scene turns into a chalkboard. Tim is dr- uh, drawn in chalk, and uh, the the chalkboard swivels around. Do people know what chalkboards are anymore? Uh, the, like the, even the, when I was in school, they were marker boards. Yeah, the analog whiteboard uh, turns around uh, and... <laughs> Uh, we go to we go to tool time. What ha- What? What's? Oh my God! My language stopped working. <laughs> hey, hey, you're just gonna say shiba de beep de bop uh, together forever. <laughs> uh, 
Well, give me the we, give me the ding a ding a dong. Well, <laughs> Heidi is showing them how to uh, how to piggity piggity paint uh, some faux wood grain finish onto a door, and uh-huh. uh, they finish doing that. Tim and Al come out, and then they introduce some words from Binford. They do my favorite bit where they wait for the camera to cut away and then frantically sprint to the Binford Tools promotional section of the set. Mm-hmm. Where they they arrive and then uh, do a plug for Binford air fresheners that you put in your mouth and you breathe through while you're out running to protect yourself <laughs> air filters. from unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah air filter. What did I call them? Fresheners. Fresheners. Yeah, it's air filters. <laughs> you're not like you're not pulling a putting a pine tree in your mouth. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't need Binford to to sell you a product for that. Any pine tree air freshener will do. They all taste great. <laughs> Uh, but then they they introduce these uh, air purifiers, and then they frantically run back to the main stage and announce that uh, next week's show is going to be a tribute to Tim's new hot rod, uh, produced by his son Mark. Um, so, so this mm-hmm. scene this scene is uh, it's it's it is on the one hand very fun uh, to see them running back and forth between sets. I've always loved that. Yeah. I know you're not you're, you're yeah. kind of cool on it. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think it's fun. Okay, okay, well then good, we're in agreement, it's fun. Um, uh, but this also, I think this kind of quietly makes history in that this is the first time on Home Improvement that a fart joke has been leveled at a woman, and I think that's uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's very progressive of you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they are talking about the noxious air uh, that these air filters can um, handle, Purify. and... Yeah. Uh, when they get when they run over uh he says something like and you might need it because uh heidi heidi i know you're the one that had the breakfast burrito this morning uh he he pronounced it breakfast burrito which is the same way that he's he's done it like four times to al over the course of the series (laughs) yeah like it's as as a breakfast burrito connoisseur i do sort of resent the fact or the idea that they make you gassy I mean, I I have no legs to stand on when it comes to talking about burrito consumption. Uh, I I I simply I, I simply will will uh, uh, withdraw myself from that aspect of the discussion. But I okay. do I do it is it is an unexpected misdirect because Al is specifically talking about noxious fumes yes. in your environment, and Tim goes, "But Heidi is the one who had the breakfast burrito," and it it's. Um, <laughs> That is a magic trick. I know we saw a lot of magic last week, but I was not expecting yeah. the uh, the rabbit to come out of that particular hat. Uh, you ready for one of my dumb old theories? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think what, it's that Al because... farted and blamed it on Heidi. Is that is that your theory? <laughs> Al ate the breakfast burrito and hid the wrapper in Heidi's locker. Um, <laughs> the perfect crime. <laughs> no, I think it's it, it would have been like a bridge too far. Uh, with how much Tim is making fun of Al in this scene, because mm. there are just, I think there's two back-to-back Al mom jokes in this scene. It's bookended by them, really. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I think it would have just been a little too much. Like, you hit three, you're you're bullying. You're you're suddenly, you find yourself being a Claire. And, well, and, and also, the first one doesn't even really make a whole lot of sense, because Heidi has demonstrated how to paint on the wood grain, and he says something about, like, you know, uh, uh, so, like a, a faux look that's fabulous. He uses some amount of alliteration to describe it, and Tim says, that's ah, a sign you spent too much time with your mother. And it's like, no, he's an expert making a tool show. It's a sign that he... <laughs> right. 
took the time to research right. the project and and think about uh, a way to, to introduce it. Um, yeah. yeah. And the second one is when he says that Mark is uh, going to be doing the video uh, for the hot rod. Elle kind of pouts and goes, well, how come I never get to have any family members on the show? And Tim kind of looks around the set and goes, well, we can maybe widen the bay doors and uh, reinforce the floor and we can have your mom on. Yeah, he as soon as he asks the question, I just ran for the tornado shelter. I knew there was just going to be I was like, oh, God, (laughs) they're really they're really just blatantly teeing up a real humdinger of a of an Al's mom joke. Uh, yeah. Al, Al does get a moment of greatness, though, when they are introducing the uh, portable air purifiers that you stick in your we mouth. we got to talk about this, too. It's what? an air filter. Air purifiers are uh, yet another different thing. Okay, I, I have no idea what the fuck I'm looking at on this show. There's, <laughs> there's it, it doesn't exist. Bizarre shapes. It's it's like a, it's like a you know, like kind of like the mouthpiece think, of a snorkel mask with just... Think then, Thunderball. Like, Oh, like the thing that he okay. That's a, that's a that's a bit of a deep cut. Depending on how how old our audience is, Th- think a a I don't know. Think Star Wars Episode One, a much more relevant thing where they put uh, those where when when Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn dive into the water to swim down yeah. to the Gungan City, they put those little respirators that just go in their mouth and that they allow when, them to breathe. When Sean Connery is going underwater with with the battalion of harpooners and they all yeah need to meet little... the Gungans, yeah. You drive a hard bargain, Jar Jar. <laughs> Not going to do Jar Jar. Um, no, thank you. I shouldn't have done uh, Connery. <laughs> uh, so these things are stupid. They don't exist. But I kind of like the the idea that Benford's just like throwing spaghetti at a wall to see what, what sticks. Because it's like it's this air filter that's supposed to get rid of the toxic fumes. And he's like, you could bring these to your stadiums, you know, if you're going to the football games and stuff like that. Uh, I would have, you know, if this was an actual usable thing, would have used it on my walks out in LA where the air is, you know, famously bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Me, it's I, just like, I wouldn't, <laughs> I love it. I, I can't get enough. It makes my lungs stronger. I still have a chronic cough from living there. Um, the, the it just goes in your mouth so there's like nothing protecting your nose uh i don't know where you have been for the last three years but uh i've been dealing with this whole uh airborne disease respiratory pandemic where masks are a thing and i have looked at a whole lot of people with a mask over their mouth and not over their nose (laughs) acting like nothing's wrong so i think you were overestimating americans ability to know how to protect their airways so you're saying Benford's just ahead of the curve saying we did our, our focus testing and they're interested in buying the product, even if they know they're not going to use it in a way that is going to help them. Yes, I think that is that is 100 percent. They have looked at the data from they know the kind of show that tool time is. They know the kind of ratings it gets. They they know where their uh, where their customers are at. Um, they just they need they need more merch for Heidi to sign. <laughs> well, this is I, this doesn't. Like uh, I think a reason this would be difficult to sign is that they come in a variety of uh, of of bright colors. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess that wouldn't. I guess if I guess it would be hard to sign if you had only a pen that matches the color of the unit you're trying to sign. So maybe that doesn't really yeah. cause an issue. Not it was many more of people a sign in in Kiwi. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They they introduce. Oh, and it's they come in a variety of festive colors. And Al just pulls his out and joyfully goes, "Mine's Kiwi." Um, <laughs> 
and, and it yes. do, I, I love that that doesn't make up for the for the uh, bracketing mom's jokes but, no, uh, but you know it's fun it's fun in that it moment is fun. A, a ray of sunshine uh, he is also he's a ray of sunshine throughout this whole episode. But let, let's uh, let's keep keep going here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get a oh god, we get a mom's uh, Elle's mom transition. Ugh. She steps into frame, you know, with hair curlers and a hair net a and pin. a rolling pin wrapped in flannel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I sort of admire the attention to detail on the cruel joke that that is. I mean, they're being a very effective mean girl towards a, I guess a, so. Elle's mom. Yeah, um, but we go into Mark uh, starting this video. What, what's he doing here? Uh, so he is just what we're seeing it from the lens of the camera as he is filming interviews on the Tool Time set with a bunch of uh, different people who've worked on the Hot Rod, and there's a kind of visual aid behind him showing, you know, uh, uh, it's like a poster board with pictures of the Hot Rod in progress. But so he's getting people talking about the car, but Tim keeps interrupting because he's just too excited and is cutting them off. And then um, the guy who owns the body shop, Eddie, is talking at length about how much money he's made off Tim over the years and how the when he looks at the hot rod, he just thinks about how he's going to have enough money to retire to Rio and get a fake passport and a new wife. And uh, the the head of the car guy association that, uh, you know, gave Tim an award recently, he's getting weepy and sentimental talking about how much he loves the hot rod. Um, and 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 Mark records it all. He's got all this footage. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, okay, so where do you, where do you want to start with this kind of series of shots? This this little it's not really a montage, but it's a it is what it is. Yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, it, I'm I'm really just thinking about how much how how bad this could have been. Like, just, just on, <laughs> on the face of it, if he had done exactly what Tim was picturing, it's just going to be five or six static interviews with guys sitting in front of a poster board talking about a car. And uh, I think that what Mark initially creates is the best possible version of, uh, of what he could make with the material that he was provided. And I think what they wind up yeah. making uh, is still, compared to what this could have been, I mean... It made us feel something, at least, and isn't that what all art is meant to do? <laughs> yes, we'll we'll get to what the finished product of Mark's uh, masterpiece here in a second. Yes, which I can't wait to dive into. But um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it seems like Tim should have nixed the idea from the get go. Just like he should know his he... tool time audience. Like interviews ain't gonna cut it. The, you know, the... I, I I doubt that was. I mean, we don't really know if that was Mark's idea or not. Um, I don't think I, I don't think Tim like Tim, yeah maybe he should have nixed this idea from the get go. But Tim does not possess the the foresight to think that people would not be interested in a long video of people talking about his car like that. To, that to Tim is better <laughs> than Spartacus. Point. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, I don't know, but, like, one interview into it, it should become obvious that, like, oh, this is, what, going to turn into a 10-minute interview video, and that's not what we want to do. It's not even introducing the car, really. So... I, I I mean, look, I think I think that really the one who should be pulling the plug here is Mark, because, again, I don't think Tim would have any objections to any of this. He's so eagerly jumping in to talk about these things. He's beyond... He's just yeah. he's just a, a kid on a sugar high like Mark, the director. If anyone is going to call cut on this thing, it, it should be Mark who's like, I can't this. This <clears throat> sucks. I can't use this. 
you know, and that would have been an interesting conflict. Not that I'm I'm suggesting oh, yeah. this episode should have gone in a different way, but just having like conflicting artistic visions and having Mark try to communicate to his dad that he's too close to it, that he mm-hmm. can't see, you know, what will be more interesting and having Mark be right at the end. That would have been a really cool episode. But Fuck, that again, been I, I'm not necessarily suggesting that in lieu of what we got. I mean, we got something that is stuck with me for 25 years so i guess i can't complain too much yeah yeah exactly you we we can't we can't criticize it as hard as a couple of uh nasty four-year-old girls might um i mean i don't know do you have the interviews also that they record are just sort of even even the bits aren't super funny or memorable like do you have much that you want to dwell on here or do you want to go on to what comes out of it i just want to um call out the people that they have involved um yeah you know they have uh Eddie, the car guy Eddie, Tom LaGrua, who goes all the way back to uh, season four, the episode where Tim drops the steel beam. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. He was he is literally the car guy. He came back all the way at the end here. Um, we've seen Patrick Cronin, Sparky, a couple times now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who else was it? There? there was Kirby and Brett. Uh, let me just take a quick look at because they they both were in previous episodes of, of Home Improvement. So I'm just. Yeah. Point being, like, I like that they didn't like bring in someone that we haven't seen before or trying to pawn off, you know, like this is my car guy and then recast it or something. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess Kirby, Kirby's the only one. He's, this is, this is his only episode. So, okay. So they introduced one, one brand new car guy right at the end. Yeah. I'm trying to, who's the other one? Navid, Nathan, Nathan, Navid, uh, Navid. I like, I like Navid. I'm Navid. Uh, I'm a car Prevost. guy. You've never seen uh, me before, but I exist. No, that's not him. Anyway, uh, we've seen him before, and I, I don't remember exactly where or when, but he's been on. So I just okay. I like that they they brought back. I, I, since the beginning, I, I like the show's commitment to character actors. Uh, yes, and and bringing people back, and just you know, even if it's a, a silly, simple little part that they're gonna play into the the overall tapestry of the show. I really like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. All you know, all all it takes is one line. I don't go in for mm-hmm. that kind of thing, and you can build a whole character acting career off of that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say something about Sparky's car tie, but better less said. I think. Yeah, yeah. You you can picture it, and uh, that's all you need. Um. Yeah. So f- from from Tim telling them to cut away from the crying car guy, we uh, go back home after the commercial where uh, Tim is talking to Marty about uh, his Valentine's Day gift for Jill, which is going to be finishing the hot rod. And uh, they they trade some banter about how Valentine's Day was invented by women, and that's charming. And uh, then Marty gets kind of sad about being divorced on Valentine's Day, which is tough. And at this point, Jill gets home with the girls and their friend Christy, who's staying for dinner. And uh, Brad gets home with Mark, fresh from finishing uh, the final cut of the video. And they put the video in and watch it. And the video is an avant-garde masterpiece that totally rules. It's so cool. We're going to break it down (laughs) for you. Uh, But everyone on the couch hates it. And the girls are especially cutting in their reviews. So there's basically three parts to the scene. And we should take them bit by bit here. Uh, Yes. Let's do everything leading up to the video. Um, mm-hmm. This, I, I think, is the first time we've seen Marty since we've been on break, uh, on, on movie break. So well, I, No, we saw him last week. He was going to go oh, the shovel penguin, guy. Right, penguin yeah. poop. Yeah, and but he, we was saw just, him he was like shuffling episode. out the door. 
Well, yeah, he was. Well, he was waddling out the door, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, so this is like the first scene he's kind of been able to, you know, sink his teeth into to a degree. Yeah. Uh, is your is your view of William O'Leary changed since seeing him as Black Angel? I I mean. It's it's changed in that I liked him before and I love him now. I mean, I just I every scene that that he's in, it's like God, this guy is this guy's good. He's got range. He can do a lot of stuff really well. He can sell yeah. everything he does. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm thrilled. He he is not given a huge amount to work with, and Ever, he sells every he, he sells every bit and he makes a meal out of every bit and I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, I have nothing but love for William O'Leary. Mm-hmm. Uh. Okay, here's uh, another note I have. Um, you remember when the episode where they were moving uh, Tim's mom out of her house? Yes, for and Christmas. Yeah, there, there was a, a kind of there was a joke that I thought was interesting to give to Brad, which was uh, this piece of physical comedy of Tim completely dismissing brad's abilities not dismissing but like getting distracted remember when, when he was like trying to lift that table and then tim walks away and brad has yeah. to like you know <laughs> yeah balance hold it up and himself. Try to, yeah and it's super heavy yeah I, I like that they're given given him some physical comedy because here he comes in on the crutches at the same time that mark comes in and says he has the tape and tim just like <laughs> like uh, uh, hockey slams him into the refrigerator, knocking the crutches over and everything. Like Tim holds nothing back and body checking Brad. Uh, Brad has been getting some really great physical comedy in. I, I mean, th- this episode, there's another moment of that that I loved. And yeah. then also in, yep. the, in the previous episode, when they're trying to like the doctor needs help or the nurse needs help putting Brad under the gurney when they first take him to the hospital. Right. And Tim basically body slams him backwards onto it. And <laughs> yes. it's actually Zachary Ty Bryan. Like, I love how physical yeah. his performance has gotten. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Christy. So the twins come home with Jill, and yes. they've brought a friend over. Yes. No, no one asked for this. No one. No, no, no one. No one thought that more little kids was was the solution that we needed. <laughs> Yet we get one, and uh, she's a brat, just like Claire and Gracie are. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's. It's interesting to me how chill Tim and Jill are able to be with just the fact that, I mean, they spend, they seem to be dedicating a lot of their, or at least Jill seems to dedicate a lot of her her life now to childcare of between two to three new little kids in addition to her existing kids. Like, like she is making Valentine's cards with the girls in the morning, and then in this scene- And you can tell that she delights in it. Yeah, she seems. Yeah, she seems very happy doing it. And then in this scene, it's like, oh, Jill. Like they had a play date, and then Jill took them to the mall. And so it's like, and now she's taking three little girls to the mall and super. Like this woman raised three little boys. Give her a break. <laughs> like she's going above she's, and beyond. She's, writing, she's literally writing a PhD thesis right now. <laughs> I know. It, it, there's so much. And meanwhile, Tim is just out working on the hot rod all the time. I would be full of seething rage that that I am. <laughs> I am on. I am on. Uh, brood of children duty well and you know i don't want to i don't want to be too overcorrective and being judgmental against jill maybe this is herself maybe this is like she gets the joy out of this to counteract the stress of 
all of that other stuff, including the the PhD thesis. I mean, that listen, if your if your way to chill out and unwind after a long day is giving your all to raise two children, I mean, you are a better person than I am or ever will be. That's amazing. <laughs> God bless you. It's kind of a low bar, but <laughs> I mean, it, the, the, also true, also true. But that's that's you're you don't need to work that hard to clear the bar of being a better person than me. You don't need to go that hard for it. <laughs> You, I see what you say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you really um, just need to be, like, be very judicious about separating out garbage and recyclables, and you've already surpassed where I'm at. <laughs> uh, the thing for me is, like, I just, okay, I want to be careful, because I, I don't want to talk about parenting, because I don't know anything about parenting, and I have nothing but respect for parents and what they have to deal with in ways that I'll never understand uh, and choose not to. But, okay. Here we Christy. go. <laughs> Just that butt is a cliff that we're jumping off of. <laughs> Christy comes over here. Claire and and Gracie's friend, who we've established are a little too glibly mouthly, mouthy in my, my personal opinion. And this again, girl... which is a factor of the writing and not of the two children's right. performances who are on screen. Go yeah, on. Agreed. Agreed. She comes over here, a friend of the person who's staying with you's daughters. So not yes. even like a friend of your own kids. And yeah. this kid just, the first thing she says out of her mouth is like hurling an insult at Tim. <laughs> just like, I mean... I'm stepping into your house and I'm like stepping up to you. What are you going to do, motherfucker? <laughs> it's, I mean, it is a little like... What 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 led to this? How did how did she get to be how she is? I I mean, listen. I think that's just kind of the reality of going over to someone's house for dinner. You have to find the toughest guy in there and beat the shit out of them so everyone else respects you. <laughs> well, then she should be taking out Jill, not Tim. Okay, I a fair point. I mean, we don't know what she was saying to her at the mall. Maybe she got <laughs> yeah. Jill to to buy her, you know, every American girl yeah. uh, doll in the place, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, and again, it's the, it's, it's the, the show being so desperate to get a predictable joke in about Tim's cooking, yeah. like, oh, you're coming over? Well, glad to have you here. I'm making dinner. And she, you know, oh, great. I don't know. She says something kind of eye-rolly about that. And it's just, guys, we didn't need, we didn't need a joke about Tim not being a good cook so right. bad that you had to throw this poor little girl under the bus. She could. Well, I know. It, it, it's it, to me I don't know I, it feels like there's some sort of reason back behind the scenes as to why this this character is here because like we already have twins who are sharing a role essentially like they serve the same purpose yeah it's you know kind of unique that they're twins I guess but like her mouthiness is not anything different than Claire and Gracie but it's it's basically the impetus for what we're about to see post video where someone has to tell the truth but yes. Claire and Gracie are already those assholes so yes we don't need this third person who contributes nothing to this episode just to be a third asshole to mark yes 
Uh, I agree. I looked at the clock, and I'm shocked to realize we're almost 70 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about the first video that they've made. Oh, my God. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. Now, 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 let me, let me, I just want to say one thing, though. I will just slow us down right after I said we need to speed up. When okay. Mark and when Mark and Brad come in, Mark complains that Brad has been, oh, dollar in the jar. Brad complains that Mark kept him waiting for two hours while he finished editing the uh, the movie at school, and uh, Brad just had to stand outside in the hallway on his bum leg. And Jill says, "Well, why didn't you sit down?" And Brad just goes, "Oh, shoot!" Like <laughs> hysterical. Yeah, Zachary Ty Bryan is doing brilliant stuff. Okay. Yeah. Do, tell me about the video, Landon. Oh my god, the video. Okay, so we get like rapid rapid editing of still shots of the the hot rod from its like f- frame being found in the the junkyard all the way through the, you know, um uh, you're asking me to put terms out there that I don't know. Uh, yeah, the, the, the casing. The, yeah, what do, chassis, what do you call maybe? The, Is it the chassis? The the chassis was in the the junkyard, then you put the 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 frame, no, you put the, the, the did, didn't the, your dad sit sit you down case, once the, and the explain sheath? to you how this all works? Does the car have a sheath? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, the yeah the sheath is on it. The 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 shibidi-boop-de-bop <laughs> is in the uh, rangaladangadang, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's basically it's like it's rapid fire every continuity photo they ever took of the hot rod. I yeah. think in the process of making home improvement. Way to be more succinct about it. And then it cuts to the interviews, and they're like intercut with just. No, like, co- coherent story or narrative being told. It's just, like, one line after another, but it's, like, a close-up on someone's mouth or eyeball. A quick it's, zoom in, zoom out, zoom in, zoom out, as someone's going, oh, yeah, I see money do- money signs when I think of that car. There's speed metal playing in the background. <laughs> well, <laughs> copyright-free speed metal. Yeah, yes. the best kind, yeah. <laughs> no, there's nothing more metal than not having to pay some corporation to use a song. Uh <laughs> It's it's very it's very confrontational. It's very artsy. It kind of makes a a mockery of the concept of restoring a hot rod in the first place. Yes, and it's partly yeah, why I like it. <laughs> and it's all very either tight shots of mouths, which we all know that we love, or uh, tight shots of like eyes and foreheads. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's great. I love it. It rules. And it and it, and it ends with uh, Sparky and Eddie's head being swapped. <laughs> Can you? They're sitting next to each other, and then just like, like a home improvement transition, their heads yes. roll from one side of the screen to the other. Can you imagine how much work that took in 1999 in a in a high school editing bay, like for uh, for that bit? We have that answer. It's two hours. Oh well, I mean, I, you don't think it was? I I think it would be two hours just to render that effect after having <laughs> designed point. and implemented it. Yes. Uh, yeah. It it's I mean, and this also the fact that that happened and looks so much like a transition now opens up the possibility that it's Mark animating all the transitions on the show. Ooh! Wow! Yeah. So this yeah, could, this is in our final breaths here at Gruntwork. Are we developing? More evidence for an overarching theory that this whole show has been through Mark's eyes. We've I, talked I, about that in the past. Yeah, no, I remember. And I think that this is, yeah, this is kind of like, I think, proving it true. It's been a while since we've uh, busted out a new theory, but I think yeah. I think this one might be, might be it. This well, whole this is, thing. This is an old theory with new evidence. 
that yeah yeah this is you know there's some new documents have have been unsealed um yeah this is i think that home improvement is mark's version of the fablemans basically (laughs) wow i can't wait for david lynch to show up um uh yeah uh, okay Uh, so after the video, uh, the, to finalize the scene here, the family, Marty, the three girls, Jill, Brad, Mark, and Tim are all watching. And yes. uh, this, I, I, I immediately, my, my, before anyone even said anything, my stomach, stomach sank uh, oh. because I remembered, you know, back in my video days, my video production days of this same exact thing where the, the family would crowd around to watch the new video I made and mm. it was like, what's the, what's the reaction going to be? Yeah. I just, I, I got thrown into something I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult when you see a clip from your own life played for laughs on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I've, uh, yeah, I've sent some screenplays to some people that have gotten some, some earnest but mixed reviews, and I've, yeah, you know, what this, um, Mark <laughs> takes it pretty well, all things considered, I'd say. Uh, well, actually, I mean, no, he, it's, he, it's, it seems like he takes him well. Actually, I'm, I'm sure I also seemed like I took stuff well. I mean, I guess he stormed out of the room at the end, so maybe, maybe he didn't take them very well. I'm, I'm, I'm revising it. I'm revising it. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Um, but for how how bad it looks, it's probably ten times worse inside his own head. Yes. Uh, Just that saying. Is, that is, uh, if, no, if, it's a good if I'm a proxy for that. <laughs> y- yes. No. And and certainly, I think that, I think that's uh, that's true of just about anybody who uh, makes something ambitious and shows it to people, and then it, and then himself is the subject of cringe, uh, or uh, herself, <laughs> and then is completely decimated by a ten year old girl who shouldn't be here in the first place. <laughs> uh, at, at what? I mean, like, why wouldn't Jill just go? That is the rudest. This guy put time and effort. You're ten years old. Who the I fuck are you? you? Get out of the house. Okay, okay. Now, no, I don't think I don't think Jill would just like kick a, like a six year old girl out onto her snowy porch at night. Like, okay, you were you were a little too cruel to my son's avant garde uh, video art. I'm gonna make you walk home ten miles in the snow. <laughs> well, I'm just ways that Jill and I differ. Okay, I see. Yes, yes. You're 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 saying she's sparing the rod and and spoiling the child. Um so but what this ultimately ends with is yeah, the you know, everyone is trying to be diplomatic about it, uh, but the girls speak the truth, uh, at least as everyone on the couch feels it and says that it's terrible and awful and sucks. And then uh Mark asks Tim what he thinks and Tim goes, "Oh, yeah, it's great, but uh you know, actually we can't use it on the show because it's a, it's a union thing. Uh you know, it's just it's just a union thing." Uh so he, you know, Mark is upset because he can see right through this and knows that Tim is ashamed of his work. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? I actually like how this uh, outside of the girls, I'm and I'm going to drop that from yeah. the rest of the episode. Yeah, uh, I actually like how that transpires because Tim is actively trying not to hurt his feelings, and yes. you know, it's I don't expect anything articulate to come out of Tim, you know, emotionally articulate to be able to communicate that to to Mark. So mm-hmm. I think he's doing the best he can to try to, you know, save his feelings. Um, and I, you know, what what happens next of Tim going downstairs to talk to him, like. 
I, I really like everything that happens because you can see Tim is like when when Mark walks away, the the scene ends on a fade out of Tim kind of looking hurt that he's he's hurting for Mark. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a really just nice touch. Mm-hmm. And when we get to the next scene, Tim has clearly thought about this for a little bit and and is able to pick out really, really nice things to say about what Mark did. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really I, I like that part of this episode. It's it's int- it's refreshing. And I think especially for guys like us uh, endearing to see Tim Taylor engaging about something creative and like artsy creative and not just getting revved up about tools and yeah. building things and breaking things and and you know adding more power to things. It's cool to see him talk to to Mark in the next scene about how he took some film classes in college and had some really ambitious ideas for how tool time would be presented that didn't go over very well and like you know it, mm-hmm. uh, it humanizes him a bit uh at least by making you know he and I had some shared experiences there and that that feels that feels kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's not the next scene because uh, Wilson actually comes between the two. Oh yes. Um, so we we go outside to, to Wilson and Wilson pelts Tim over the head with a a, a animal pelt. Hey, and oh. what do they talk about? Because I I zoned out. Yes, as you, usual. Yeah, yeah. I know you you are determined to not get any wisdom from this show. I <laughs> you know they they Dim talks about his uh, his dissatisfaction with what Mark made and how he kind of doesn't know how to go forward and he feels bad about everything and Wilson uh, points out that well it seems like you didn't really give him any guidelines you just you know he gets Tim to repeat that his only guidelines were my show my show my show and uh, you know says you it's you know, you wouldn't try to build a house without blueprints, would you? And Tim says, well, actually, I tried to I tried to do that once. It didn't go very well. And so they, uh, <laughs> Wilson suggests that uh, Wilson try to collaborate with Mark to make a video that he actually wants, and they can put that on the show. Oh, so, well, then he, d- he does exactly what Wilson says for once. Yeah, exactly. No, you know, he doesn't, uh, there's no wisdom that he misunderstands, I think. Yeah, um, I don't know. He goes from that scene downstairs to Mark, who's in... Randy's room. I, I just like I, I had a second. This is, I think, one of the first times outside of the episode where Randy came back for Christmas mm-hmm. uh, where we saw Randy's room and it's actually Mark's room. Yes. Well, and it's also it's also a lot cleaner than it was at Christmas when Randy True. comes in and the whole room is a pigsty. Like this is pretty orderly and tidy. Also, I forgot that this is Brad's room right now as well while Marty and the twins are staying with them. Yeah. Hence the bunk beds in there. Hence. Yeah. Hence Brad's awesome bit of uh, physical comedy. He comes in on crutches as Mark sits at a little blue iMac in the corner and comes in on his crutches, kind of awkwardly sets them aside and then just kind of vaults himself up onto the top bunk and belly flops onto the bed and struggles to get himself arranged and sitting up. And as soon as he's sitting upright, Tim comes in and goes, hey, Brad, could you give us a minute? And he he looks <laughs> so upset. It's just played without any lines. He just is so mad. He's done all this work and he has to get off the bed again. I just, I, I love it. It's just delightful. I think I laughed harder yeah. at this than anything else in the episode. Um. So I really like how Tim. Okay, the the rest of it we've alluded to already. Tim and and Mark talk about what happened. Yeah. But what I what I like about how Tim approaches this, and I think it's actually really 
a mature way to do it and a very constructive way of doing it. Um, he, he broaches the topic and then Mark's like, no, it sucks. And instead of dismissing Mark saying, no, it doesn't suck. He goes, well, what do you, what would you do differently? What, what do you see in it? You know? And he gets Mark to talk about it. And that gets the conversation going about what they can do different, how Tim has fucked up similar, similar, similarly in the past. Isn't that, um, and I don't know. It it was just a really well handled father son conversation. Uh, yeah, it isn't one that just plays on dumb jokes or you know or you know some some kind of klutzy behavior from Tim. He actually empathizes with his son, puts himself in his kid's shoes, and talks about how he's done the same thing. It, it's it, yeah, it's it's a sweet and kind of deftly handled uh, moment, you know, talking about mm-hmm. the the lost tool time episode and how and how you know and and talking about how much it meant to him that Mister Binford, who he's always viewed as a father figure, gave him a second chance and worked with him and helped him out and says this is what I'd like to do with you, like the way that he creates that um, you know that he creates that chain for him. It's nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So we get a, uh, they decide that, you know, they're going to take a slightly different approach and work together on the idea. And um, we get a red curtain dropping down and a tool time spotlight transitioning us to the episode of tool time where they have a car, a hot rod, presumably underneath a sheet. And everyone is on set ready for this reveal. Heidi introduces the episode or uh, the, yeah, I guess the episode. Is that what they do? Yeah, that's Um, the episode. And uh, take us through what happens, Ruben. And and now the second half of our podcast begins. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, the, the hot rod is covered up in a sheet, and they throw it to Tim to introduce it. And when Tim starts talking, he is lip syncing the lyrics to Greased Lightning, and, you know, they pull the, the sheet back, and then we just transition to this big song and dance sequence in a you know in the studio that's done up to look like some kind of variety show stage i guess with a lot of tim <laughs> sitting in the driver's seat of the car with the car moving around and wind blowing in his hair and lip syncing along Fish with the song uh, yeah dance, little little choreographed steps there are Heidi's th- in there with the singing girls and al has his uh you know um pompadour up yes. with his hair hair product in. Yes. Jill arrives with a with a full blowout wearing a leather jacket. Wilson appears briefly, uh, hiding behind a barrel. There are also <laughs> all like, the tool time audience members are like, this wouldn't be complete without Wilson, your neighbor. <laughs> yes, yes. Everyone, everyone is a huge fan of the guy whose face we saw some of one time three years ago. <laughs> uh and this But it's slowly they they're you know, with each moment of this music video the hot rod is slowly coming together at for the reveal i did not i did not notice that at all i'm so i did not track what was happening with the hot rod the, mark's mark's chief complaint when he in the previous scene is being critical of his first video is that oh i got too flashy it wasn't even about the car and it was about me <laughs> And now okay. the, and, you're flagging the first question I have. Yeah. And so now it's like, yeah, this is so flashy that I forgot there was a hot rod. I knew more about <laughs> the hot rod before the video than I did afterwards. Uh, it, it, also, I should point out there's there's a, a bunch of background dancers, too. There are there. Are, you know, well, we're the, gonna, the, tool, the tool time cast. 
we're gonna crack into that. The, the Tool Time cast is out here dancing and and dancing the way that like actors on a show who don't necessarily have a lot of dancing uh, abilities dance. And then there's the background dancers who are clearly this is their whole deal. This is all they do, and um, which also is distracting me from the car because I'm like, ooh, look at these people. They're busting moves. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're real dancers, and I can't wait to go into them. Yes. Um, I okay, so here's here's how I want to start this conversation. Uh, when Tim is kind of Heidi introduces, and Tim's kind of walking around to the back of the the hot rod, the the you know with the sheath on it. Mm-hmm. This one does have a sheath. This is a car sheath. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair. fair. Yeah. You, it's it's right. Yeah. Actually, you you pre- you predicted this. Yeah. When he he uh, ducks down below and then pops his head up. With the first of the uh, lip sync lines, what what happened in Truman Caps' household? A, a, he- a heavy forlorn sigh and the sound of of two hands. <laughs> there was there clapping. wasn't even a like a there wasn't even like a gasp of like oh god no uh, no it was it was just a like because it, it was like as soon as as soon as it all started happening I was like well. I, I'm not surprised by this. I didn't know it was going to happen, but you're right. It makes sense. Like the, uh, the my strongest sense was like, how did I, how did I not see this coming? How did I not know? There are so, <laughs> so many. There's a bit of disappointment in there. It, yes, it's like I, I'm better than this. Like I should. There are so many '50s songs, or in this case, a '50s throwback song about hot rods and hot rod culture. How did I not? see that home improvement would eventually do a lip syncing music video to one of them. I I I should have I should have known it was out there. Um and then I was like, oh this is what this is what Landon remembered. Oh this is a this is a bad memory, not a good memory. <laughs> but it was a good memory. Uh I, I, whether or not it continues to be a good memory moving forward is another mm, question. But... Fair, fair. Yes. What was oh so what was your first reaction then when you realized this was not as you'd remembered it. Well, it here's the thing is like it is as I remembered it. Um but my my palette for it has changed. Mm, <laughs> so mm-hmm. so the episode is the same, but I have changed. Yeah. Okay, I get that. I get that. So it's it's well, okay, but I think the question is still valid then. Your so your reaction was I mean, did it go from, was there even a moment where you were hopeful that this was going to be enjoyable for you? Or was it immediately like, oh no, I'm, I'm older now. <laughs> Just a recognition uh, of your loss of innocence. It's, it, it's, it's, it's as complicated as it sounds. Cause it is fun. And I love Heidi's having a blast. Al yes. is having a good time and so selling the hell out of it. Yes. I, I actually wanted to cheer a little bit when, uh, uh, oh my God, Truman! How could I have forgotten? <laughs> what? How could I possibly have forgotten the, to put this note down? I was so in, engaged in the moment that I didn't write the note down. I gotta, I gotta backtrack for a second. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's backtrack. Tim and Mark are in the basement and they're talking about what went wrong, and this is a ringing endorsement for parameters. <laughs> Oh, when no. Mark when Mark said I just didn't have any direction, <laughs> Tim's like, "Well, we didn't talk about, you know, the the guidelines." I clapped my hands together and pumped my fists in the air and said, "Yes, 
Yes! Parameters! <laughs> Just chanting parameters, parameters, parameters. Kind of, yes. I was so excited. You know, La- look, Landon, I've roasted you for constantly needing parameters for discussion points before, but you're you're right. I guess, like, okay, well, on, on I mean, on the one hand, yeah, parameters would have helped avoid the initial situation with Mark's video, but then you're pointing to the video they wound up making and saying this is a this is the product of parameters. You're saying well, I'm supposed to like parameters because they produced the lip dub. <laughs> it's it's all about who's giving the parameters. That's mm, what produced mm, the lip dub. Mm, yes, heavy um, heavy lies the head that gives the parameter. Okay, so uh, the thing that got me there was realizing I had that f- fist in the air reaction which was i kind of going back to my reaction of the lip sync of the music video i kind of there was a part of me that by the not i'm gonna pronunciate enunciate real specifically here okay okay i was roused mm-hmm. not aroused yes i, I was, yeah thank you <laughs> i was roused when jill walked mm. through the door and i mm. almost wanted to go yeah yeah, uh, like I, I felt the impulse. Well, I didn't do it, but I, I felt it. Uh, and same with Al. And uh, you know, when he first appears, everyone like gives a, a resounding applause for him. Yes. and I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I'm into how much they're selling it. Tim's the weak link here. So yes, and Tim, as Tim usual. is what makes it cringe. Yes. Tinge, if you will. Uh, well, I- Tim, Tim makes it cringe, and some of the like. Mark sitting on a, a tire and being spun around while holding a music video camera or like a, a yeah just a video like a camcorder yeah just yeah um that sort of stuff was a little like oh and Wilson was a little that's that's what pushes it into cringe for me she's like we got to get everyone in here and do their cute little bit except Brad's not in it though like Brad is the the odd boy well, out. <laughs> Who do you think's holding the camera when Mark is on screen holding a camera? I mean, I that's I guess that's a that's a good question. Uh, good of him to, but I mean, how could he hold a camera if he's on crutches though? That I guess that tracks with them continually asking he's, him to do stuff because, for them. Truman, two crutches and your your one good leg literally makes a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, I I I agree with you. The hearing the audience's reaction to Jill showing up and Al showing up, just the screaming and the cheering, and seeing how much uh, Patricia Richardson and Richard Karn are enjoying themselves, those were the moments when my enthusiasm for it began to to rebound, and I, you know, I began to enjoy it. But it's it the the energy that they bring to it is committed theater kids having a yep. blast. The energy that Tim brings to it is the jock who did the play as a joke and is kind of, uh, you know... Stuck in the lead. <laughs> stuck in the lead, halfway wanting to, like, you know, show his his friends from the football team in the back row that, no, I, I'm in on the joke. I think this is dumb. I don't actually like this. And right, half, right. half kind of scared to be there and in over his head because he is just... <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Uh, he, cause it's just, there's, and also it's hardest to hide with Tim because so much of this is built around close-ups on him singing straight to the camera, lip syncing straight yep. to the camera in the front seat of the hot rod. And you just, he's not 
selling it with his whole face. You can see in his eyes that he's like looking at the director like, is this good? Is this the last time I have to do this? Please tell me this is good enough. <laughs> it's it's almost like angry fear at some points. And it, yeah. I think it comes across just because the camera is so close on him that he can't hide literally anything. It's it puts me in mind of so I've been watching Eurovision. We're we're into the first uh, you know the first round of Eurovision, the semifinal. Uh, Malta didn't make the cut. Sorry, everybody. But uh, it one of it's you know there's three hosts, and if you don't watch Eurovision, the European uh, 37 country uh, song contest. Uh, it's very over the top. It's very wild. Every country does a little, uh, you know, a little musical routine that is very, very produced. But, you know, and they've got three super charismatic hosts who are just trying to keep things running, master of ceremonies. And this year, one of them is Hannah Waddingham, who, if you watch Ted Lasso, she's Rebecca <laughs> yeah. on Ted Lasso. You may, you know, you may have seen her on a talk show. She is very tall and very beautiful and incredibly talented. And the thing is... Uh, Eurovision is silly and dumb and goofy and campy, and she is like an Emmy-nominated actress on one of the biggest shows in the world, and she is having a blast. She is so fully committed. <laughs> There's a, there was a bit in the hosting where it's like she's talking, she's making banter with her co-host about how I've always wanted to learn how to air a guitar, and her like, and so there's this whole thing where her co-host is handing her an imaginary guitar, and she's eagerly strapping it on, and then strumming it and grimacing, and like you know doing rock star poses, just. Total abandon, total devotion to it, and you're sitting on the couch watching her and you're having a good time too. That, yeah, that when you fully commit to doing a dumb thing, it's not dumb anymore. And one of the reasons right. that I never really like, I did some acting in middle school and I kind of like one of the reasons I'm not interested in acting is because I can't do that. Like, I can't give myself <laughs> over that much. That is a skill that I don't have, and I and Tim Allen also in this case does not have, and it. Yeah. hurts and it brings down everyone else's good work agreed agreed yeah yeah that's a great way to, to sum it up i think in and in that way it's like this just keeps coming back to like if tim allen were just a dramatic actor people wouldn't be asking him to do shit like this they'd just be asking him to do like you know right heart scenery chewing drama where he doesn't have to feel as self-conscious because he's not doing something stupid and silly right i rest right. my case Case dismissed. Um, Judge Alf you... presiding. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, um, let's talk <laughs> very briefly uh, about the TV, the, the budget. <laughs> yes. I don't even know where to go go with Let, it. Like, let's, let's talk briefly about the budget is something that a tool time producer should have said at some point <laughs> in, uh, in pre-production. <laughs> Well, when it's over and like the stinger, Mark's like, can I get reimbursed? I went a little bit over budget. I'm like, you paid for any of that out of your own pocket? Let me get your allowance. Yeah, this is this is uh, poking at another hole in, in my attempt to claim this is a working class sitcom. Yeah, we, we gave our son $50,000 to make a to make a doo-wop music video. Um, what I what I love in, yeah. in in the stinger is when he says I went over budget. Can I get reimbursed? And Tim just looks at him and says, "Son, you have a lot to learn about the film industry," which <laughs> which is fun. I always like when it is fun. I like when Hollywood makes a joke about Hollywood. Okay, so I, I realize this is all just for goof 'em ups and ha has, and we did a thing, but practically 
speaking. Yeah. Mark has like a DV, an early DV camcorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a, a pro, one of the first prosumer digital cameras. Yes. That's what he's been filming everything with that we've seen thus far on this show. Mm hmm. He he's holding it while you know in his Hitchcock shot, uh, his Hitchcock cameo inside the music video. Mm-hmm. Th- that's clearly not what they shot this with, and I, I'm even setting quality of of picture aside. I mean, yeah. it's multi camera. There's boom operators and crane work, and and you know choreography, and yeah, spinning and and tableaus, and yeah. So this is so my question is like. Did Tim give Mark full directorial autonomy over his film crew on the TV set? And did Mark have to, like, learn how to use a three-camera, <laughs> like, TV studio setup to do one music video? <laughs> I mean, if so, what better way to set yourself up for a career? I mean, that is your that is your uh, admissions <laughs> essay to USC film right there. Agreed. But the flip side of that, the the darker side of that, and welcome to a patented land in dark corner, oh boy. is Tim just like had someone shadow direct Mark and made Mark think he was directing, uh, <laughs> in which case Mark was really contributing nothing and, and Tim put his own show over his son. I mean, it does, you know, the lead in for this is gives you this impression that Tim and Mark have embarked on a... Uh, collaborative sort of father and son melding of the minds thing. And what comes out is seems a lot like something that Tim would think of uh, and uh, has very little of Mark's imprint on it. Aside from the fact that Mark likes to point cameras at things. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing Mark about this thing at all. No, no. Uh, Even including the fact that Mark is in it. I don't think that Mark would actually want to participate in a doo-wop fifties dance sequence. Fair point, but he did put himself in a night this member, so uh, yeah, not dancing though. Well, I guess he's not really dancing in this either. <laughs> he could be, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he's more like a, a Vincent Gallo, where he's like the only person that's perfect enough for this part is myself. I, you know, I mean, uh, I I don't really have any good. Vin- Wait, did he make the brown bunny? Yes. <laughs> okay, then I guess I could have a joke about Vincent Gallo as it pertains to Mark, but I don't want to make it because it would be kind of gross. Folks, look up the brown bunny on Wikipedia if you want to get a sense for where my head is at right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it's uh, it, it does feel like like Tim kind of just put Mark's name on it after the fact. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't really have any more commentary to make. I just wanted to point those things out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 good that we're thinking about it. And I don't know, I get the sense also at the end when Jill comes out and is sitting with Tim in the front of the hot rod and they're kissing and confetti is falling on them. I was kind of looking at this like, okay, show, are you trying to wrap up that soft-pedaled B-plot about Tim not having a Valentine's gift for Jill by suggesting that <laughs> kissing her on TV in a musical tribute to his car <laughs> is going to count as a Valentine's gift because you are... That is the balls on you to try and put that one over on us. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get that impression personally, but I mean, J- Jill says earlier when she's talking about plans for quote unquote the big day before she realizes what Tim actually means, she says oh, we could go to Santorini's or or no Sorrentino's. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Santeria's. That's that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, but they, uh, they. She says we could go. We could go out for dinner, and then we could go uh, hear some jazz. If they really wanted to foreshadow it, she could say like, "Oh, and there's a production of Greece at the Opera House that we could." See. And then they could, uh, you know. Then I would kind of buy this as like, "Oh, you wanted to see Greece, Jill? What if I made you Greece? <laughs> what if you lived Greece?" Oh God, does anyone want that? I mean, there's some people that would want that. Look, there's people who want to know how the pink ladies rose. There's there's people who watched Greece <laughs> and were like, wait, 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 I can't track this. Why are these girls who go to the same high school friends? We gotta back it up, folks. I need I need more deets for this it's musical. It's a story that needs to be told, German. I, I mean, you know, listen. If they're gonna make a, a supplemental series about Greece, you know what I want? I want to think about how the car flies. He had a flying car the whole time. You don't. Maybe, maybe it has to do with the rise of the pink ladies. You don't know that, Truman. I've got to give every story room enough to breathe. Okay, uh, no, no joke. If I find out that Rise of the Pink Ladies is actually about them building the flying car <laughs> that inexplicably takes flight, that that does not seem to startle John Travolta or Olivia Newton-John at the end of Greece, uh, I will watch it and uh, I will put it on my sight and sound list. <laughs> There's, Great. I don't think, I don't think there's a sight and sound list for TV, and if there was, no one would care what I thought. So it's a pretty low bar to clear. <laughs> uh, I mean, did we talk enough about the outtakes? Tim's just not interested at all in doing I, this. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, yeah it yeah. seems like someone knowing that they would have to lip sync a music video would. And I don't. I'm not trying to criticize. I don't know what the situation was, but it. It. There are just one or two shots where it's like. Tim clearly just doesn't know the words of the song. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. you just, like, take the time to go learn the words to the song? Maybe he didn't have time. So what do I know? I don't know his schedule. I don't know circumstances. You're, but You're being way more sympathetic to Tim than you are to the little girls who we were calling out as mean girls earlier. I'm just, I'm just pointing, I'm pointing that I'm, out. I'm being, I'm being gracious to a real person who I don't know the circumstances to, and I'm being realistically brutal to characters that were written like assholes because they are asshole characters okay fair, fair point fair points all around i withdraw my question uh uh your honor uh so uh yeah it, it is the, the way that he is so there are so many quick cuts of him breaking and immediately mugging and making a f- and you can see it as it feels to me almost like just a nervous reaction of like he's so yeah. eager to show Oh, I think this is stupid. Oh, this is all a joke. I was just kidding that I was doing this. See, it's a joke. Like, uh, that it's, mm-hmm. it just sort of underlines what we saw earlier. But, yep. Yeah. Um. Okay, here's what I want to do, Truman. Okay. Uh, I mean, unless there's anything else in the episode we didn't touch on yet. No, 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 no. We touched everything. Okay. Then we're going to touch some more. We're going to touch some oh. dancers. Oh. Uh, mm, okay, careful. Treading carefully. Let's go on. Uh, I'm going to do this character actor corner a little bit different in that they aren't really character actors because they don't get lines, but um, the show has credited all or most of the dancers. So I want to do a little group dancer corner. Okay. Okay. And so I'm going to just, I want to read who the dancers were Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to just kind of not speak to their individual credits, but the their credits as a group okay does that sound good that sounds great i i wholeheartedly support this idea okay so we've got just a slew of dancers uh helping out with this music video and they are real names 
uh, Troy Chris, uh, Troy Christian, mm-hmm. uh, Aurora Elaine, Joaquin Escamilla, Roosevelt Flenory, uh, Melanie A. Gage, Denise Holland, Tom Lane, uh, Lake, Jody Lang, Mark uh, Meismer, Art Palmer, Reagan Patno, Daryl W. Wright. Nice. Good names. Solid bunch of names. And a solid bunch of dancers. Agreed. And they have done, uh, collectively, uh, Not they're not a group, but they mm-hmm. are all dancers in their own rights and have done many, many projects ranging from um, doing choreography and, and odd jobs on the movie Congo with Ooh. the apes. Okay. Uh, to being dancers in 13 Going on 30. A few of them were hot tracks dancers in... <gasps> Boogie Nights? In Boogie Nights. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm putting a pin in this because this actually does tie back. To... Okay. Uh, Sister Act 2, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Uh, one of them was in a few Paula Abdul music videos. All right, all right. The highest One honor. of them was in Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, as oh. dancer number three in the psychedelic se- uh, sequences. Oh, my and God, then I love dancer number three. Again, uh, for Austin Powers in Gold Number as a dancer. Oh, wait, which, no, did they work their way up to dancer number two? Did they get promoted from... It just was dancer. It was oh, just wow, dancer. okay, all right. Yeah, that's <laughs> g- going solo. Mike Myers takes uh, care of his friends. We have someone from Breaking 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, wow, real dance royalty. uh someone in george of the jungle a few of them uh from the parent trap with Lindsay lowen Mm -hmm. we have uh new york city rocket from man on the moon the jim carrey andy kaufman movie someone from rent okay uh a couple from princess diaries 2 and this is the last one i'm checking uh, someone from Tank Girl, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Coming I didn't realize America. a lot of dancing and... in Tank Girl, but... <laughs> uh, Liquid Silver Dancer from hmm. Tank Girl. Well, I mean, um, it. I guess there was dancing. I, I just forgot yeah. about it. Someone in the infamous dance sequence in Coming to America, mm. uh, Clerks 2, Drew Carey Show, um, The Muppets Tonight. Oh. Oh, this is, oh, that was a voice. Oh, wow. They did a voice in that. A voice uh, of a singer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, vo- <laughs> or a voice, dancer. Yeah, voice acting, otherwise uh, known as dancing with your voice. With your mouth. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say it, and then I thought, you know what, actually, that sounds, uh, that sounds gross, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Singing is just dancing with your mouth. Oh, God, cool, cool. More t-shirt I'll, opportunities. I'll you leave it on the ground. I'm not going to let that opportunity go by. Yeah, that's, this is this is great. You know, it's we we quote unquote collaborated on uh, on that saying. Um, <laughs> I, so the the that that some of these dancers played background dancers at the Hot Tracks nightclub in Boogie Nights uh, is fitting for two reasons. One of them because I'm always thinking about the movie Boogie Nights, but also because <laughs> specifically. In in this dance sequence where there will have, you know, front and center one of the main cast members dancing and then flanked by a couple of background dancers, there it reminded me of Boogie Nights. There is a big, rather infamous disco dancing scene in the middle mm-hmm. of a montage in the middle of the movie where all of the characters from the movie are all doing a synchronized dance. And it's... 
it's one of those things where when you've watched the movie enough times, you're able to pick out like, okay, Julianne Moore doesn't really know how to dance. Mark Wahlberg absolutely don't like, you know, coming off of the funky bunch. He is a great dancer and they've built the scene around him. But then all the other actors that kind of have like Heather Graham or Don Cheadle will be out there doing some simple moves and they've paired them up with a background dancer who's doing really impressive stuff to kind of distract from <laughs> yeah. it. And they're moving them off. It's like dancing quickly. with the stars. Yeah. You pair yeah. them with an actual dancer and they look like they could dance better than they can. Yes. It's, it's exactly that sort of optical illusion. And I was seeing some of the same stuff happening here and also something that they couldn't do in the boogie nights one, which is one unbroken shot where they are, they're cutting away from people from main actors dancing pretty quickly to just like you, you don't focus <laughs> on it for too long. You don't you get yep. the gestalt of all the people dancing and before you can start singling out individual performances, they go away. Yeah. So Home Improvement, same as Boogie Nights. I, I think. Saying? Yeah, no, I mean, it is it is about the, the, the rise and fall of a celebrity icon. And at least in the early <laughs> seasons, there is a fair amount of sex, even if it's not uh, graphically shown on screen. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Oh man, indeed. And, you know, last last scene of uh, last scene of Home Improvement is the grunt creep just looking in a mirror and uh, you know reciting uh, reciting some really <laughs> aggressive lines, and then uh, I guess unzipping its front door and a uh, uh, slip and slide falls out. I don't know, guys. I'm tired. It's yeah. the end of the episode. Um, we we've seen most of that so far, just not the not the slip and slide part. We gotta save the best for last. Uh. I collectively don't think that the this dance that these dancers were on ER. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? The ER game doesn't apply to Dancer Corner, so you're 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 getting off scot free on this weird, one. Weird constitutional loophole there, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, mostly because I closed the myriad of IMDb pages already, and I don't want to open them back up. Hey, hey, man, the system works. All right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, so what does that leave us now? What what do we get to at this point? Is there something that we tally up or discuss? <laughs> well, you, you've thrown me off so much that I actually can't... I don't know what comes next. It's either the grunt count or it's what we learned from this episode. It, it, it's it's the it's the grunt count. I know you've been you've been tricky with me lately and tried to flip around their their order to make me even more confused than I just normally am. But how many grunts, Landon... Do you think well, there were in this yeah, episode? I got I got I got to introduce the segment real quick. Yeah, I I, I I I no regard for your rules. This is a lawless apocalyptic <laughs> land like Tank Girl. <laughs> Look at my I silver dancer but, in the corner. <laughs> nothing but a liquid silver dancer. Yes. In your in your lawless land. Um well, cuz I've been practicing and I've only got 12 more episodes to do this to. So Okay. Okay. I gotta I gotta I gotta perfect I've only got twelve episodes to perfect this. Okay. Yeah, fair. I'm gonna start my career as a uh Tim Allen grunting impersonator at parties. Uh, uh, Tim Tim Allen mouth dancer, I think they, they call it. <laughs> All right, ready? Yes, I'm ready. <gasps> it's pretty good. That one it's that one was count. good. You you controlled you controlled it on the high point, you didn't spike too far. I like that a lot. I I pictured a snake coming up out of the ground. And 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 for any particular reason or just just for funsies. <laughs> I re- as well as things that made sense in my head. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm sure it did. So like the snake comes out and it's like uh, and then it kind of wraps around. Uh, and like it's fully erect by the not erect but oh, you know Landon. like a, <laughs> You were you were you were roused. You were fully erect, but 
but not like that. <laughs> just you're you're coming as close as you can to boner jokes, but uh, just dancing on the edge. <sighs> German, dancing there on the edge. are some spicy grunts in this episode. There are some spicy grunts, both in quantity and in their uh, content. Yeah, yes, and I have to admit, I had a hard time trying to to flag them as they went by, because there's one where it kind of overlaps with somebody else laughing, I feel like, and I couldn't, I couldn't clock what you would count. Mm-hmm. So I have a number, but I'm not confident in it. Okay, okay. Give me, well, give me your number, and I'll tell you if, you're, if your confidence is appropriately placed. I'm sure thereof. it's not. Uh, my number is seven. Oh. Oh, my. That, I mean, when I said seven, I mean ten. Okay, well, you shouldn't. I mean, uh, oh, my, again, bad, no. <laughs> I mean nine. Okay. Seven? I, I go back to seven. Okay. Is that your final answer? Uh, twelve. <laughs> okay, that's your final answer. Seven is my final answer. Uh, okay, you've said so many numbers, and and they were all just a little bit wrong. Because eight, eight was the number. Eight. Okay, you were you were all okay. around it, dude. Uh, the gang who couldn't shoot straight. Uh, yeah. So let, let's break this down as to why. Because I know he did at least one very distinct. Uh, three grunt, grunt cluster. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, and I think that was around the dinner table. Yeah. Um. Then he does a grunt cluster to interrupt Mark filming one of the interviews. Yes. But that's where it felt like it overlapped, and I'm like, was there a fourth one in there? Was there not? It it wound up, and this is the product of of five viewings and basically reading his lips. Uh, and and trying to separate out his audio from other audio, it's actually five grunts in there before it turns into laughter. It's it's oh, <laughs> like at some point it wow. yeah yeah it turns into it turns from a grunt to a chortle. Now here's a here's a question. I don't think that this was the case in the episode, but I'm curious how you would have dealt with this situation. Yeah, if Mark had used footage of Tim grunting from being recorded earlier, would you have counted those grunts again? You know, I was thinking about that, and I was really hoping that that didn't happen in the video because I didn't want to have to make that determination <laughs> or have that discussion. Yeah. And fortunately, he doesn't reuse them. If I if it had happened, I think I wouldn't have counted them, honestly, because it's like it, wow. it, it comes into, it's kind of the same as like, well, do I count the grunts in the opening credits? I you know because it's just I, I feel like I have but to you be count, count but if yeah. if you're going down that route I just want to want to caution you here of if you're course. going down that route of argument then I would say that the series count should at least count the the opening credits grunts at least once so once per season or once per new remix of the opening credits once per new remix of the credits God fucking damn it um. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're right. I might have I, I guess that's not too much too much work. They've only remixed the opening credits a couple times. Um yep. Yeah, okay. Uh maybe maybe I'll I'll give you that one. Maybe once we've done the whole thing, I'll go back, I'll look at the opening credits, I'll tally up the grunts over the different remixes and and add that onto our total. 
but I just we don't have much time left to to get this right, and I just want to make sure we're doing our due diligence here. Yeah, you know, I think that if anything has thrown off the grunt count, it's probably already happened back in the seasons when there were lots of grunts, and it was difficult to keep track of them. Not now, in the seasons where we're in a grunt desert, and we're yeah. lapping at, at pools of brackish grunts that we occasionally find bubbling up from uh, <laughs> between the cracked and desolate rocks. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Truman, what did you learn from this episode? Uh, I learned that you've got to put your whole ass into everything you do. I mean, namely, though, performing. When you are performing something, you need to be giving it your all. There is no safe middle ground where you cannot fully commit. Uh, because you owe that not not only to yourself, but more than anything, you owe it to all the other people up there who are giving their all and will look worse as a result of your insecurities. So that got uh, uh, maybe a bit more forceful than I intended it to. It's not like I like I was really not a theater kid after middle school, so I don't know why I why I have a dog in this fight. I don't know. Fuck it. Do whatever. What did you learn this week, Landon? Sometimes we need to have the hard conversations, and if someone is a guest in your house and they're being mouthy and rude, you need to. Be honest, but you don't have to be an asshole about it the way that the person in your house was. Yeah. Uh, but address that, hey, this occurred and I didn't appreciate it. So if you are going to send your child over here, give her an asshole lesson. <laughs> this is uh, what what we're learning this week about Landon, folks, is that you do not mouth off to this man in his home. He bought a house and that is a that is a. <laughs> That is a place where you come correct. Like, if you want to criticize, fine, but you do it respectfully. You put on a yes. tie first, and you pop a breath mint. <laughs> or, a, or an air freshener, I, I guess. that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, grunt work is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us end this show the way that we want to end it, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod for as little as $1. You can get access to our entire supplemental podcast, yep. Gruntwork Nights, where there's over 200 episodes just waiting for your sweet listening ears. Doing nothing else but waiting. <laughs> Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the fastest, easiest way to support us. goes a long way to help other people find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on I'm off Twitter again. We're not doing that shit. Yeah, with, yeah. With all that crap going on. Uh, <laughs> I, so stop I, by, say hi to us on Instagram. Are you, you going to call out that I said shit and then crap? Yeah, no, I wasn't going to call it you said shit and then crap. I was just going to congratulate you because I also have gone cold turkey off Twitter again. So I'm glad to have uh, cool. gl glad to have another friend in this. <laughs> Would have been funnier uh, for the podcast website. if I talked about shit and crap. Go, go. <laughs> visit our, our new website that our patrons paid for over at... Woo www.gruntworkpodcast.com. I forgot the name of our new website. I was so excited. Is that, is that what W stands for? It, it, woo, it's woo, what? Woo. It was, it, no, it was what, what, what? I'm supposed to be talking now? <laughs> Until next week when we bring you episode 17 of Home Improvement Season 8. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, the real finished hot rod is the family members we alienated along the way. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha